Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back and better than ever. It's the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sillet, joined by Gordon Mack. You can follow along live watching on YouTube. Gordon checks the comments, so make sure you write frequently in with what you think about what he's saying. His headphones, his sweatshirt, all that good stuff. We have an email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who stuck with us the last week. Gordon posted some interviews on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday last week. Was that right? What did the schedule yes. end up being, Gordon? I think I did a Wednesday, Friday, some interviews. I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was, I was, it was struggling. There wasn't a lot of track news going on, mm-hmm. and you weren't here, so I feel like the podcast quality took a little dip. But now we're back up. We're going to come back up after this past weekend. You're back. Track is back. We're all good. Olympics are coming up. So I'm just happy you're back from your paternity leave. Uh, so thank you for thank you for coming back. I realize this is not a solo podcast. This is a two person podcast. You know, as I was driving back from from my trip, and I had one earbud in, and I was listening to you and the great Lincoln Shrike break down Monaco. I thought they don't need me. I could just drive forever. There's no re- why am I even coming back? You got Lincoln's uh, just obscure takes. You have you guys arguing about inconsequential things again. I said this is a great podcast, even even without me. But I decided to, you know, I stayed on the I stayed on the road and and, and I got back just to just to help out. I woke up this morning. I opened up the the Google Doc that you had filled in, which is cool. I think that's a cool thing that happened in the two weeks I've been away. You're contributing to the Google Doc, so I'm pumped up about that. And I see Josette Norris sub four, and I see Colby wow. Alexander three thirty three. Yeah, what happened last night? You stay up late. What happened? I watched them this morning, but w- w- did you watch these live? Uh, well, I didn't watch them all live because it got pretty late here on Central Time. But as soon as I was watching a TV show and it came to a clu- conclusion, I rewatched the replay, and we got the the flash in the bag. You know, that's what it is with these fifteen hundreds. You never know when you're going to get a good one, right? You, you know you're going to get multiple attempts at a good field and good pacing, but you never know when it's actually going to formulate into a fast time, whether it's either going to be just another 336 or, in this case, a 333 and a 359. So Colby Alexander, he's been a notorious 336 guy, 335, 336 guy, comes out. It's not out of nowhere because he's always been in the mix and runs 333, which – for perspective, he wants 333.65. Craig Angles, mm-hmm. his PB is 333.64. He's only 0.01 behind Craig Angles, who I think most people will consider one of the top talents in the U.S. He got fourth at the trials. Kobe Alexander, man, that is a legit time. It's second fastest time in the U.S. right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
it just shows that the 1500 is a weird animal where the people who have the sixth, seventh, and eighth fastest times in Nagus, Centro, and Hawker are actually <laughs> the ones who finish one, two, three at the trials. Uh, it's kind of wild how it works. I watched this race. First of all, Craig Nowak is a great pacer. He's getting into the pantheon of all-time pacers up there with with the Bram Psalms, the Matt Shears, if you want to go farther back in history. This guy sets up great. Chanel Price on the women's side. This guy sets up pretty good pretty good races here. And it was funny watching the, the commentary, uh, Kevin Selby and Tim O'Rourke, and they're like, wait, this is going to be fast. This is going to be really fast. They're going to, oh my gosh, what, what's Colby Alexander going to run? Because he was out there all alone. He ran similarly to how we've seen Oliver Hoare run this year domestically and really put himself out there in that middle part. Nowak gets him through a couple laps, but this was a, this was a gutsy run from Alexander. He must have known that he had this type of effort in him or he just threw all caution in the wind and, and really went for it. And you had you know, Luis Grijalva not too far behind him running a huge huge time there with a three 335 so yeah alexander obviously i mean he ran pretty well at the trials i guess I mean, he makes the finals and he was he get eighth yeah he gets eighth runs 338 in that in that really competitive rate you know he wasn't in that top group but there was a whole bunch of guys there basically 337 to to, to 338 high he, he could have easily been top five probably in that race on a different day would have been a stretch to get him into the top three but he's a guy who's been around and now he's got a got a crazy crazy pb women's side of things though Josette norris we thought she could make the team and now you see why we thought she could make the team 359 in this race really competitive run with with jessica hull which was really fun to watch as well too now Remember going in, I mean, Norris had already PB'd a bunch this year, right? She dropped her PB to 406, and then now PB's at 359. And if you look at the all-time U.S. list for women, like sub four puts you in a very, very small group. You got, obviously, Houlihan up there with the American record, uh, Roberry, Decker, Simpson, Faber, Hamilton, Per St. Pierre, Willard, Kristen Worth-Thomas, and then now Norris. So... She's number nine. Remember, Schweizer just missed that last year by by two one hundreds. But it made me think about Norris at the trials, and she was in the five and not the fifteen. Made sense at the time. Fifteen looked a little more crowded, but with hindsight being twenty twenty, do you think she could have had a had a better chance at the fifteen hundred? I know it's a different uh, race, I mean, different setup. Yeah, well, it's always Monday morning quarterback. What are we doing? But like. I'm sure, you know, it's butterfly. We always can say, well, what if? Because then, then, then mm -hmm. what? Then also, what if, you know, you, you know, you kill Hitler and then all the other permutations happen? You know, the whole what if situation. But the main thing is, I think just said Norris is finding a way to take her first, like, she had like consistent after consistent improvement throughout all the regular season and her first like mm. bad race was the Olympic trials. And I think maybe she needed that. She needed to have to realize not everything's going to go perfect, but the fact that she can rebound and run a 359, which is not just a good time, it's an all time great time. I think this sets her up really well for 2022, where I think she may be more willing to potentially go all in on a 1500 and she, I, I, you know, her and Heather McLean, you look at kind of equal right now. I mean, Heather McLean's not running sub four. I could see her getting top three. Corey McGee and Heather McLean are not invincible. I mean, the only person in that field that was really invincible was Elle Purier. Um, mm -hmm. And she has a standard now, right? I was talking about this. Uh, the, the world standards for 2022 started after the conclusion of the Olympic trials. So now okay. 359, she has the world standard. Uh, Kobe Alexander, he has the 1500 meter <laughs> standard. They're both ready to go for Eugene in 2022. Um, and it just shows that like, just because you don't get your dream of making your first Olympic team, it doesn't mean it's the end of your career, end of your season. There's still opportunities out there, like massive PBs. And 
getting ready for 2022. It's already on to next year for these people. And you have to like where Josette Norris and Colby Alexander are at because they're going to go into next year without the stress of chasing times. They're going to go into next year with the confidence of like, I'm in the same category as the Centros and the Schweizers and, and the Schneiders of this world. I just have to put it together on the right day. And now they're yeah. going to be able to focus on, all right, how do I make it so I am the 333 guy or I am the 359 woman on the U.S. championship, during the U.S. championship finals? Mm-hmm. They all basically took notes from Kate Grace. And they yeah. saw her just get seven PRs in a row or whatever she did in Europe. And they thought, well, just because I didn't make the team doesn't mean my season's over. And I'm just going to go here and, and smash my PB. Because um, I'm, I'm thinking about it, right? And <clears throat> the trials are such an emotional and physical drain on every athlete. And you can tell that's the case by looking at the performances after the Olympic trials. If you go event by event, there's nobody really, except for I think one person who we're going to talk about in a second. There's nobody really who's improved their stock if you were tracking these things from when they performed at the trials to now, right? Maybe they ran a Monaco or Gateshead or they ran something in the U.S. And they've either basically hit the same level they were at or regressed a little bit or took a loss and it made you think, oh, man, okay. Well, that's probably just because of the trials and they'll be back. The only person I can think of who's legitimately improved their stock, I'm talking on the running side of things here, uh, is Ajay Wilson after that 157. I know it's a weird race because she was running with the men, but we saw her barely squeak by in the women's 800 in Eugene, and she runs this 157 at the Penn Relays. I think she's improved her situation, but most other people, Gordon, either haven't raced or have raced around the same level, or it's like Bromel, they... They lost in, in a weird race, but then came back and won. But they already were the favorite to begin with, so it didn't really change your opinion of them. What do you think about Ajay Wilson running an 800 with a bunch of boys? It's kind of unique. Like, men. 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 I, it's fun to say. It's fun to call them boys. And then there's probably some high school kids in there, so they're boys. Uh, but, like, you see her on the screen right now. She's, like, in the back of that front pack. Like if you're yeah. in this race with an Olympian Ajay Wilson, what's your like? What do you think that that white kid right there is thinking right now, on the shoulder watching Ajay kind of pass her, pass him on the first three hundred? Well, he tries to pass her back here too, which probably you know a little little going a little too soon there. Uh yeah, I mean it's got to be a thrill, right? You're in, you're in this race. It's it's a good it's a good race, but there's one star in this race, and it's the person who's in the middle of the pack. So I see the time, right? I see 157, and then I see that it was in a race with boys, and I'm thinking, or men. See, now you got me saying boys. This is weird. <laughs> it's in, fun in, to say in a race with in a in a race with men, and I'm wondering, okay, did that help her or did that hurt her? Did it give her a chance to chase and really get after it, or did people get in her way? And after I watched the race, I I guess you can make an argument in in both directions. There, you saw with about four meters ago, there was obviously some traffic. She's navigating around but at this point right here she has people to chase those of you who are watching right now on on the live stream whereas if she's running a 157 there's only a handful of women in the world right now who who would be there to let her chase but i just like the way she looked i liked how aggressive she was in this race coming off of again getting that third spot in that final hundred in eugene yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a pb for her but a 157 i don't think we can count out 157s Right now, we saw, you know, how fast that Diamond League 800 went last week. But that was Laura Muir, and Laura Muir's not even running the 800. So um, I think I think Wilson, I'd say her stock ticked up a little bit here, and I'm glad she was able to jump in this race. It's weird. So she's been in races with ridiculously fast people before. She's been in races with Caster Semenya. She's been in races with Francine Niansaba. But she's never been in a race where the winning time was was that quick. Yeah. So it had to have been a, a yeah 150, right? even though it wasn't anything to sneeze at from a men's time perspective, it had to be a different type of experience for her. Yeah. And I think she probably did it. I don't think she did it for the, like the dynamic of being in a pack. I think 
it was purely probably a uh, a scheduling situation and she sure. knew that she wanted to be in a field where people would go out in at least sub 60 and she wasn't sure she would mm-hmm. get that in a women's heat um and then because she came back and then runs like a 443 mile and wins it in, in the mm-hmm. women's mile so she was clearly turning this into like a workout type session philadelphia is her home training base so this was uh kind of convenient for her for the pen relays to put off this put on this unique uh all comers meet um during in the middle of the summer it's kind of weird seeing pen track events in yeah, july yeah, yeah. it's like what are we doing here but pen relay should be back live on flow in 2022 darn, i just think darn, darn, darn it i hope it happens i hope we i hope we have track i could us will I at least will keep going track so that's good yeah, I just think 157 for her, it didn't matter if it was solo. It didn't matter if she was in a big pack, if there were the wave light technology was out there. She just got a good time in regardless. And yeah. people can argue about what it would have converted to in a regular women's only field all they want. I just think it's a good sign moving to Tokyo. And it shows that that her trajectory is going in the right direction. We got a question here, and it dovetails into something I know you wanted to talk about because you made a poll about this. Well, Gordon? before we get into that, we'll, okay. let's, uh, I want to talk about the other U.S. Olympian in the 800 who also had a pretty good performance. Uh, Raven Rogers ran a 428 mile or 429 mile. What was it that she ran? 429 like, is what you have written down. Four, yeah, 429 mile, which is a massive PB for her. And if – you would come out of uh, her training of like back in the Oregon days and her first few years out of college. You would never see her be running a four, sub four thirty mile. I've seen some of the races that she's when she goes a longer distance and it's not like this quick. So clearly something has now clicked for her in these longer distances for her to be able to put together a four twenty nine mile. It's number seven in the U.S. right now. I mean, Aja Wilson. Albeit coming off of 157, ran 443. 429 is clearly much faster than that. Well, that's a, it's number seven <laughs> in the world right now. I guess not even in the U.S. Uh, Miles not run that often, though. But do you think this is also, like we talked about Ajay Wilson's 157. It shows how her stock is going up. Do you think this 129, I mean, excuse me, this 429 for Raven keeps her stocks still or moves it up at all? I'd say it's a hold. I mean, she ran 157. She ran 157 at the trials and got a, a PP. So you'd have to do something really good between now and yeah. Tokyo to I- improve your stock. And going off distance is it's it's tough to do because at this point you want to see you want to have A to A comparisons. You want to look at hey they ran this then and now they're faster. Or, hey they lost to this person before and then they beat this person. The classic example of just an event that's really confusing right now. It's a men's quarter, men's quarter, because you have Norman win the trials, but Randolph Ross is still the only sub 44 guy. Norman goes overseas and loses to Gardner and Bryce Dedman, who didn't even make the U.S. Open 400 meter team. So now you're just wondering, well, what are we, what are we to do with, like, with the men's men's 400, right? Like you had you have just the results that are completely all over the place but i think for rogers it's a good it's a good result you know pr- proves she's healthy again and and she said it's her last race before tokyo there's not a lot of races before tokyo so as i mentioned before you put up this poll gordon and someone asked in the chat here uh, rose runner asked is it concerning that our 1500 meter team are not running any tune-up races before to- tokyo and he's referring to the to the us here when he says our team we got to be specific here because as you know we are worldwide uh, why don't you tell me why you thought to put this poll up? Well, because we're coming up on the Olympics and there's no more diamond leagues. We're running out of race opportunities. And I was noticing there are certain Olympians, U.S. Olympians, who are choosing to not race. Some that are choosing to race often and some that are choosing to race only once. Um, and I wanted to know what people think is the actual best strategy. Um and I honestly don't know because you look at the women's 800, right? You got Ajay and Raven. They're all doing one race. I guess technically Ajay did two. But then a thing Mo did zero, is doing zero because I don't think she's running any race between now and, and the Olympics. 
You look at the men's 1500, all three men, none of them, like your guy asking the question, none of them have run a race. Is that good? Is that bad? Are they going to be rusty? We don't know. What what is the right what is the right number of races you should do when you have a month to chill before the Olympic Games? So are you asking from a competitive standpoint or are you asking from a professional track standpoint? What's the difference? Money. Because I'm going to Monaco. Uh -oh. If they're offering me a bunch of money to go to Monaco, I am a thousand percent running in Monaco. But maybe you'd have a different answer if your goal is just, I want to be ready for Tokyo and I don't want to get on a plane and fly halfway across the world. and then Yeah, because the question That's is, Monaco giving you $4,000, is that worth the round trip, seven-hour flights, and then having to go to Tokyo? You know, it's like a lot. It's a lot of airtime. Well, it's like, a, it's like the Ry Benjamin question, which we really wanted to see him race Warholm. And then he, yeah. he says, well, he's got, he's got to prep for, for the Olympics. But in a perfect world, you'd see them race there. And then at the Olympics, again, I get it from a thing Mo's perspective. She's raced a bunch. Jared Nagus, Cole Hawker, Collegians, they've raced a bunch. Even Centro hasn't raced a bunch, but he knows now how to get ready for these big meets. He's proven that. So you wouldn't be too worried about him. I think it's event by event here because we've seen we've seen Bromel race a couple times. You've seen, I mean, the hundred team in general has run a bunch of times. From an interest perspective, I want to see them run again, but they gotta do all this travel. There's all these protocols they gotta go through that it makes it a bit more complicated. I, so you're saying basically is a because we're looking at what about a month, five weeks yeah. here. Is that too long to go without racing at this point in the season? That's a tough question. And I think it's individual. And the problem is now, especially because, you know, track isn't until the second week. So then you got to go another week before you ha have an, it's not like they're going to host. <laughs> London's not going to have a, a, a big di diamond league meet like the first Saturday yeah. Olympics to get people tuned up. And these men and women are so good that they need other, they need big meets or big ish meets or legitimate competition to put out the type of performances that we expect to see. And you're just not going to be able to do that given all the constraints right now. And with the Olympics bearing down on us. Yeah. And I mean, cause I just, you just and it's happening, not just in certain uh, disciplines, like you have Gabby Thomas who like scratches out of the two hundreds and I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. should I, it should have more. We did a whole debate on, on Gabby versus the Jamaicans with Lincoln. Like, is that smart move for her to kind of sit on her back to back to back 21 second 200s and just ride that wave into the Olympics? Or is it better to 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 suffer some losses? Like, Shelly Ann Fraser Price is still out there running. She's losing, mm -hmm. but you know, it's okay to lose when you know that it's the only win you have to have is at the Olympic Games. I mean. Clayton Murphy has tweeted many times, the only races that matter are the trials and the Olympics. And he's yeah. been okay with taking a bunch of seventh place finishes in the Diamond League because he knows, hey, it's okay to get seventh now, whatever. I just need to be running. I need to be in 143 peak after two prelims. You know, that's what he needs to well, do in order to medal. Or look at, look at Bryce Hopple. Like, what did, did Bryce Hopple get a bunch out of those European races? The, the person who won, the big 800 meters star from the U.S. overseas was Isaiah Harris, who's not even yeah. on the team. <laughs> the big mid-distance star for the U.S. in Europe was Kate Grace, who's not on the team. I think there's something to that. There's something to, hey, our season is, our big goal this season is is out the window. Let's just go and, and let it fly out here. Because I don't... <laughs> Here's, here's my thing. If, if we have this season set up, right, and it's built around Diamond Leagues, Continental Tours, that's that top tier, correct? Correct. If they run all those if, – if, if athletes are running those events, I can't really get upset about them not doing the lower tier events because you're running the meets that are at your level that are on the schedule. If you want to supplement them and run more – that's great. But, you know, there's a reason why, as I mentioned before, the di you know, we're done with the Diamond League until after the Olympics. It cut off. It's over, right? Because they know people aren't going to show up for 
whatever reason. But asking them to add on more stuff, I think, is just difficult logistically at this at this time of year. Um, I don't what know was how the you question? feel about that. What was the YouTube question? Are you concerned about the fact that the 1500 team in the U.S. hasn't run since the I am trials? not concerned. I do not lose sleep. The, the sleep is still good. Uh, with well, no, the, if you were, but if you had like a, if you had a interest in it, like you say you're there, you, you were their coach or you're their manager or whatever, just you, you had some sort of higher interest other than you just want to see a good Olympics. Like, would you be concerned with the fact that they haven't raced? I'm not on the men's side, especially because I mentioned you got two collegians and then you got, and then you got Centro who even in a regular year is not racing a ton. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I'm not concerned because, like, you just have to trust that they're they're not, like, forgetting that there's track races. They're not, like, missing the bus to the track meet or, like, late with registering their entry time. Like, they're choosing consciously that I am not going to run a race between now and the Olympics. So, yeah, as long as they are okay with doing it and they're not being forced to not run, you know, the only thing you should be concerned about is if it's because of an injury – but there's no way we can know that or project it on anything. I mean, yeah, look at this. Centro, you didn't have a single race <laughs> between uh, – I mean, did he run an 800? Let's see if he ran an 800 in July. Scroll up. Okay, so he did a couple – 1K. He did a 1K. So. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah no 1500s. That's still a long break, though. In 2016, yeah. he, he went from – it was July 10th all the way to the end of August, and he had the one, the one in July 23rd. I thought we might see some more U.S. people at the because they had the Sunset Tour races, but I think what happened was the the Diamond League ones jumped ahead of them almost, and because it's Monaco, you're going to get quality fields. So then yeah. a lot of the some of the mid distance people just went over there, and then that lessened the amount of Olympians who who were in the in these d- domestic fields, but I don't know, man, it's hard. Like this year in particular, it's more difficult, but just think about all the questions we had going into the trials about people not racing a ton heading into the trials. At least now we know who we know that they showed fitness at the end of June. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you know what's starting to get me concerned? Hmm. Is not concerned like oh my goodness their health but concerned with the way tokyo is like handling positive covid cases and that like bradley beal of the nba uh nba star is out you know and they're putting a fucking excuse me i don't mean what's going on javel mcgee uh, why is he on team usa hold on kelvin johnson come on Hold yeah. on, hold, hold. Put some respect on Keldon Johnson's name, San Antonio Spurs. He almost led the team in scoring last night. Big win okay, over cool. Spain. I'm, I'm not going to hear all that. Uh, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's just it's just a be... report today. One of the women's yeah. U.S. gymnasts test positive, and we don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's there's a one in what five chance. It's Simone Biles, right? Because there's five women I, or four. They only have four. I don't know. But like, and then you have like there's been some track athletes have tested and it's not like all right what because when you test positive you're not going to die like these are super healthy athletes they're going to be fine but what could die is their eligibility into the olympic games and that's like would be ridiculous that them you know like that their four-year-long dream or five-year-long dream is just vanquished because of a of a free test and it's happening to vaccinated people it's not even just like Oh well, it's on you because you didn't get vaccinated. Like there are vaccinated people with multiple who are getting not allowed to compete in Olympics. And when Team USA travels over there, there's going to be a yeah. good chance someone from Team USA track and field is not going to be able to compete at the Olympics because of a test, and it's going to be it's going to be devastating. Here's here's why I'm optimistic. Do you think trials went better or worse than we would have thought? couple months ago well how often did they test them i'm not sure but i think frequently enough and there were a lot of obviously there's way more people involved like not way more people sorry there wasn't a bubble 
in the same way there's going to be in the Olympic Games for the trials. You could go and stay anywhere. You could go and eat dinner anywhere. There wasn't this security perimeter around the Olympic Village. I thought it went smoother. If you asked me four or five months ago, and I remember talking to one coach um, before that, um, earlier in the spring, and the coach was very worried. A lot of coaches were extremely worried about you know some something happening to one of their athletes. Now we had other drama in the Olympic trials, especially as it related to testing. So we we had our fair share of it, but but on the COVID side, I think it went about as good as you could have expected. There were some, was it with day two or something? We got an alert about how there was three people who tested positive. One was an official, I believe. One was an athlete. We never found out who the athlete was, obviously for privacy reasons. And then another person I think was, was a support personnel uh, member of the meet staff. I believe those were the three, but it was a lot less than I would have thought a couple months ago. So that's what I'm holding on to. Yeah, there'll probably be some, some people, but as a whole, I'm hoping it's not going to change the dynamic of the games. Yeah. I mean, but like the question is, if it is someone that like is a metal contender, you're just like, that's, this is, stupid because yeah like right but that didn't know. that it, didn't happen that didn't happen it didn't happen but also the u.s is a lot more laxed on this on the protocols than tokyo is and that's why we're seeing this like i think they were still u.s testing. says like if you're I mean, vaccinated you don't need to do certain there's certain rules you don't need to follow and all that stuff yeah and like there's no contact tracing if you're vaccinated like whereas you know so i'm just saying hey I'm preparing for us to have a lot of this is getting ridiculous moments with the sport, with the with the games. If we start seeing people dropping like flies out of the games because of a a positive mm-hmm. test, just saying, be prepared for it. Be prepared. We got an we got another question here in the chat. It's good to see the chat again. I'm ex- I missed the chat when I was gone. <laughs> But it relates it relates to another thing you have on the rundown. Uh, Liliana says, "What do you guys think about the beds in the Olympic Village?" LOL. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, there's been multiple reports about the beds. First, we had the report from Paul Chalimo. <laughs> we had a long thread, which I just kind of want to read through. Uh, you talk about the beds being installed made out of cardboard to avoid it- intimacy among athletes. Uh, so they only can withstand a single person weight and avoid any non-sleeping situations on the bed. And he says, I see no problem for distance runners. Even four of us can do because he's, and if you keep scrolling, let's go through, he talks about the different things. Travis, you want to scroll? He's got a lot of jokes. Got a lot of jokes. Yeah. He's like, I can't fly Polaris, then sleep on a carton box. Now economy is very perfecto. Those who (laughs) pee on the bed are at risk of here once. The carton box is wet. The bed falls over, especially it will suck if it's a night before the finals. At this point, I will have to start practicing how to sleep on the floor because if my bed collapses and I have no training on sleeping on the floor, I'm done. And then he shows a picture before bed, after, just a pile of boxes, a picture of the gift from from stepbrothers. You know, a lot of people are just – it's like, you know, it's the meme of the, of the trial of the Olympic Games. You were moving from an era of breaking bad to breaking bed. I can't imagine getting boxed in at the 5K finals and also getting boxed at the village. Double trouble. Gotta love it. Who did this to me? This is him. Oh, yeah. Pull this up. <laughs> that was funny. The picture of the uh, the Tokyo bed tripping him up. That was uh, Woody Kincaid as the, the Tokyo bed. So, <laughs> I mean, we see this at every jokes. Olympic Games. We saw the, the fake wolf at the Sochi Olympics, you know, but then there's this guy who tested the bed and he says, it's fake news. Look, watch this. This is him jumping mm-hmm. on the bed. Ready? Three, two, one, jumping. Look at that. So if you're going to have to, so, I, is it, maybe car- is he saying it's strong. not cardboard or well, is the cardboard it can, that strong? It's strong cardboard. The, the, that's impressive. Yeah. I think, one, it's cardboard because it's cheaper to manufacture and carry around and put. I think I mean, yeah. you find 10,000 10, beds, it's a lot of work. Um, but here's the thing people are going to find a way to procreate. That's how we've survived for thousands and millions of years. We found ways to procreate. They're not going to get a little Tokyo beds get in the way 
of them, you know, entertaining each other. So, uh, I ain't worried. This is a, a non-issue for me. They will figure out ways. It's just cardboard. I'm just impressed that cardboard could do this. I guess I did not know the full path. I thought Velcro was the greatest invention ever, but it might be cardboard. Like, it's incredible. That, like, if this guy's jumping, he's got a good mattress on there, I'm assuming, that's absorbing a lot of the shock. But you never would have uh, you never would have told me before this that cardboard had this capability. It's pretty impressive. I, I just do like that Chalimo is using it as a, a platform to, to just, you know, all of his jokes. Like, they're great. It's just like when the uh, during the lockdown, I remember he put the soap in the bathtub and started running. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's he's good at taking like really big like in, you know stories, real big concepts, and and going viral off them. I I commend him. The thing about the Olympics is there's always great stories about the Olympic Olympic Village experience, right? There's obviously the like it's a party because all the most attractive and fittest athletes are all in one place for two weeks, so they need to have these box beds to stop them from procreating. Uh, but I honestly think <laughs> there is a procreating. That's what I like to say. Sex, the same thing. Um, like, I feel like there's like a movie plot potential based around athletes in Olympic village, like a murder mystery where there's a murder that happens in Olympic village and all the athletes are in there. And there's like, just trying to figure out who did it, who done it. I feel like the, the, setting a landscape of athletes in Olympic village is perfect for a great thriller or movie or like a mayor of East town, but it's like the, uh, you know, mayor of Olympic village, something like that. I think it will be great. How, how many Olympiads are we away from there being a reality show that goes on yeah. in the village? Exactly. I mean, we might be a few, we might, maybe 2028, maybe the LA ones. That would make sense. LA. You know, real Olympians of LA instead of real housewives, right? It'd be great. Well, I just, I just think the Olympics is going to try harder and harder to capture the, the youth dem demographic. And what better way to do that than to have just a, a reality show ongoing at the same time? Because by that point, TikTok will actually be in the Olympics. So it'll be added to yeah. the Olympic Games, TikToking. So then you'll just have a bunch of influencers there anyway, and it'll make. It'll like it'll be judged sense. like gymnastics is judged, like perfect form for the dances and yeah. stuff. And well, it's not even the dances. It's just the like doing of like, it's just literally TikTok, like using oh, TikTok. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. sound like an I, old I man would say that. <laughs> the TikTok. The TikTok. The TikTok. What, what other stories did you want to get to here? Um, Jalen Slade with Pro? Oh, okay. Jalen Slade. Um, dude, what's with every high school kid sprinter who's being like, I'm going to Adidas. Like university of Adidas is really good at recruiting because they find yeah. a way to get every high school kid to join them instead of joining the NCAA. Uh, but yeah, he's 17. He's been running well. He didn't really have that, that great of a Olympic trials. He had that weird like fall that in the hundred. Um, but he's quick, man. And Adidas has been doing pretty good with, certain with signing the right sprinters at a young age better than nike i would say i mean obviously noah lyles see Ariane knighton they've, they've done a good job uh and you know even back to some distance running like they got ajay wilson young drew hunter has yet to really come together but hobbs kessel you have you have hope for adidas is uh getting the right people at the right time mm -hmm. yeah you get your driver's license at 16 you get your, your your Adidas contract at 17, and then you vote at 18. That's yes. just a progression of how it works. Yeah, they've had some people who haven't panned out, and it's people we probably haven't even talked about because they yeah. signed they – were, they were big on the high school scene, but I don't think they were prominent enough to where professional track people who follow more on the college and pro side would have, would have paid attention to it. But someone like Slade already on that pro schedule makes sense for him. To do it, Knighton already. Did that pay off already? Oh yeah. If it feels like it already did, now he's got to go on and do do big things for another couple of years now. But he seems firmly on a trajectory because there's people that get signed real young, and then you have to kind of squint a little bit and turn your eyes and be like, "Yeah, that'll that'll pan out one day." 
Andy Knighton got the contract and then just said, "All right, I'm gonna start running like a pro, like yeah. now. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Lyles' high school record. I'm gonna go toe to toe with Noah Lyles, and I'm gonna make an Olympic team." He wasn't one year away from being one year away. He was, he no. was just already away. He was there. Well, and and then it makes sense because I, the counter's always like, "Well, are they gonna be good for five or ten years?" It's like, well, that's, for Adidas, it's you want them when they're good. And he's good now, so that's all that matters. And he'll get more attention because he's young and good. So whether or not he makes four Olympic teams or this ends up being his only Olympic team, it, it feels like a good investment right now just because you got him when he was running this fast. And he's he's not far off of being a medal contender for sure. Already. Do you think Jalen could have – look at that. Look at his mile split profile. Look at that, 43.79. I was like, that's a quick 400 time. And I was like, oh, wait, it's, that was his 100-meter time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do you think – I mean, we had that name, image, likeness thing go down. Like, why wouldn't Jalen be yeah. like, hey, could I just go to an Adidas school and get an Adidas contract? I don't know. Like, Do you think we were overrating thing I was thinking. the impact Maybe, that the NIL was yeah. going to have? Well, maybe for certain athletes it is, right? Maybe for certain athletes the lore of NIL isn't enough for them to not go to professional. Um, mm -hmm. I think it depends on the way – like the the circumstance of every athlete in there at the, at the time of signing the contract. But yeah, you now have Jalen Slade going pro when he knows he could have gotten sponsorship deals as a college kid. You have someone like Hobbs mm -hmm. Kessler who's like goes pro and is okay with not, um, you know, his, when, I, when I asked Hobbs Kessler, hey, what are your thoughts about not of getting not being able to run an NAU? He's like, hey, I'm content. I'm happy with doing the Adidas thing. And Jalen yeah. Slade, uh, Travis mentioned that he has, a, he has a shit ton of following on, on social media. So that's probably a factor. So, hey, as long as the kids find a way to get their money, I'm cool with it, whether it's them getting money while in college or getting money while not in college, as long as the money is they're getting it and they're having fun with it and then work their way up to be able to take all their career earnings and live large on cardboard beds in the Olympic Village. That's all that matters. Well, first of all, that picture, you could do a great how it started, how's it going with them, the Adidas announcement afterwards. <laughs> I think it would be cool. I think – there's money for small sponsorships and NIL type stuff. And then there's sponsorship money. And I think that sponsorship money comes with obviously more zeros behind it. And also a peace of mind that it's not going to go away. It's not like a time, you know, it's not a, here's this thing for three months. We want you to be an influencer. Um, yeah. You got Travis's quote wrong. You bring up Travis. Yeah, I, I miss it. He doesn't have a big problem. Yeah, which he's in so high that school. That makes more so sense now. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But I also think there's something to be said for having the peace of mind of knowing, like, if you can sign a multiple Olympic cycle contract, I don't know how long this contract is, but just say hypothetically it did go through the next couple Olympiads, then that's a that's a hard thing to pass up. And then he can get the, those sponsorship deals on top of that as well, obviously, to add, to augment it. but. I think he's probably got a pretty good setup as is right now. The what we were saying the appeal was before was for to stay in college was you had the training group around you, you had the coaching staff, you had the training facilities and if you wanted to get a degree, you had all that at your at your fingertips. But if you already have the coaching, you already have the the facilities, you already have the training partners and then you can sign for six figures, you sign for six figures. That that both yeah. of those paths make sense to me. Yeah, every time I we talk about like, oh, is it the right, the wrong thing to go pro? We never know. We don't know the situation, and it's always the right thing because the right thing is to to get money. So, edu the the, the lure of like services. college education, like whatever. Like I'm not using my college education right now. Like the college education, tell. like mystique of like, what are you? How are you going to survive in the real world? It's like whatever. No one cares where I went to school now. I'm doing a podcast. I, my my doing AP calculus didn't lead to me be able to talk about track. So, 
Not that I'm against it's school like- altogether, but let's be honest, school's a little <laughs> overhyped. It's just a little overhyped in reality. You don't need school in order to to I'm glad make, I came back for uh, this. Make Help. life in the real world. You know, no, here's, here's the here's here's the better point. You can you can go to school and be a pro athlete. There's no rule that says you you're not allowed to go to school if you're a professional athlete. You could do both. That's, true. that's my that's my point. Do the the Allison Felix route. You know, get get the company to pay for your school. Boom, boom, and then then you win. Yeah, you want them and to be compensated the... for those for their services. And if you're running at a pro level already, why not be paid? And then the school pretends that you were one of their athletes, like USC does. It's like Allison Felix did not run for you, USC. Stop pretending she's one of you. She's not. She's not. She's... Is that is oh. that allowed? Do you think it's is uh, cool for USC know. to like pretend that they like that? Allison Felix is an alum of their school. I mean, it's technically of their school, but not their athletic department. Come on. Hold on. Allison Felix, USC. I want to see what her major was in. Um, was it because... No, no, no. It was in, let's see. Oh, man, I can't. I can't find it. I'm saying the, de- oh, here we go. A bachelor's in education. Uh, so the education department at USC can claim her. The okay. athletic department cannot. So the bachelors of ed can be like, we produced one Olympian. Like <laughs> our education department has produced um, a five-time Olympian. The athletic department cannot because they did not. That's the rule. Correct. That is the rule. Yeah. So Look at this. US- I don't want yeah, – yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, My- Michael oh. Norman, yes. I mean – I'm glad they, they included Michael Norman in it. I think they did that on purpose because otherwise it would have been like, what? No, that tweet should be from at USC Education Department. Yeah. Where Allison well, got her degree from. That's where it should Travis, be. Travis, click on that link. Click on that link. Click on that link. I want to see if Allison Felix has a profile and scroll down. Does she have like a URL profile for her name? No. Okay, she they doesn't. don't. They are, at least she doesn't have like a, a bio. Because you can click yeah. on Anna Cockrell, you can click on. I guess Norman doesn't have one either, so maybe they deleted it. But mm, see, USC two thousand eight qualified. Come on, what what are we doing here? It's not Travis. Do what? Do one more Google. Type in USC uh, School of Education and just see if it's like the banner image, like <laughs> you, like Allison Allison Felix, class of two thousand four, qualifies. For the Olympics, I think that's I think that's uh, as far as as we can go on that. I mean, she went she went to the school, obviously, which is cool. But people yeah. get confused. People get confused. It's, it's intentionally mis- misleading here. All right, uh, we got a few more minutes here. What else would you like to talk about, Gordon? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about our one and only Shikari Richardson. Excuse me, Shikari Richardson. Uh, she got a little almost. She has a potential sponsorship deal with a vape company, which I was actually thinking about. This would be perfect. They need to capitalize on this virality of the Shikari Richardson experience with running extremely well at the trials and getting banned for something stupid like marijuana. And there already is a company, a company, cannabis vape company called Dr. Dabber, offered her a quarter of a million dollars to test dab rings and vape pens as a resident doctor for the brand. Now, obviously, Richardson hasn't said anything yet, but she said the right things on on to NBC Today Show, and she said the right things, whatever that you need to say. But once that 30 days is up, you don't need to say the right things anymore. You can't be banned for uh, just your for what you say. She needs to sign that, and she needs to when she crosses the finish line at Prefontaine Classic. She is across the finish line, holding up a fake joint, throw it on the ground, and like step on it and be like, you can't like ban this. Because everyone knows it's bullshit that she got banned. Yes, she it's not bullshit that the rules that she broke a rule, because she did break a rule. And hey, even stupid rules have have to be dealt with. I'm not saying like I'm just upset about the rule, but she should take the quarter million dollars from the vape company. I she would have to win like two every diamond league for two straight years to make that amount of money in one swipe of a pen, like or or oh, vape pen, <laughs> right? So she needs to take it. What we, what do you think? Do you think she should take the money? 
Listen, we, we're doing this segment right after you discourage people to get an education. So I feel like we need to do a disclaimer here, kids. <laughs> don't use these. Don't use these products, and don't listen to Gordon at all. Uh, from a PR perspective, no, she shouldn't do it. From a monetary PR? perspective, I, from a monetary Great perspective, PR. well, PR. I mean, in terms of getting goodwill amongst the people, not getting your name out there. From a monetary perspective, I think what you said is interesting to note about how many diamond leagues you'd need to win. And I don't know her financial situation, so I can't weigh in on that. I was surprised. I got to be honest. When you and when you and Lincoln tackled this the, this topic, I thought Lincoln would have been a lot more uh, vehement on on your side and uh, on this. He 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 kind of soft pedaled it a bit, but that's okay. Um, no, I don't. I don't think she's going to do this. I don't think there's any chance. That she she should though does this. When, wait, when you say PR, you need to get people on her good side. Who's on her bad side right now? Like twelve people. Like well, who's no, on her I, bad side? I know. I I think people. Well, there's rules are rules, people, and then there's also she won people over with the Today Show thing. Like that that was effective, and the reason she won people over is because people wanted to hear an apology. Now, you and I talked about this pre when I went on. Uh, my paternity leave, but we talked about how she didn't need to do that and that the whole thing was a bit ridiculous, but I think that actually won people over. So I'm just excited to see her race won. again. I think, I think a hundred percent did. I think it a hundred percent did. I think people wanted to see her apologize because of the way our celebrity sort of athletic nexus is and 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 we see we see the fall from grace and then they want to see people show up at the morning show and say that they did something wrong to savannah guthrie like i think people actually oh she learned from her mistake she's moving on again that's not i was not my opinion i said it was strange i didn't think you needed necessarily go down that route and at all if she fought back and said it was not a good um the rule should be changed and the rule should be changed immediately. But I'm saying people were, there were people who uh, were more pro Shikari after that than there were before. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if we have the numbers on it, but I would disagree. But what we, there's no way to prove whether or not, because there's no like uh, Nielsen data on uh, Shikari pro con before. There's no uh, some poll testing, some. Real clear politics, well, you, poll averaging. Okay, well, who? No, 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 no. But who? 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 Like, you think people went the other direction? You think people saw that and were less favorable about her? No, I think people saw that and were like, "Oh yeah, she's doing that just to please, to please the execs, the big ups, the the de doping people." She's she's playing the game for them. She's like pretending she's sorry. In the end, it's she knows it's bullshit. She's just gonna take. She's gonna take the I don't think the fine and do the public like I'm sorry for the month, and then she'll be back to her normal self at Prefontaine a, a month later. And I think that she should be back to her normal self, and she should consistently I, for an entire year dunk on the people who banned her. And I don't see. I don't. I think you're too far in on this one. I think you're too far in to, to see what the quote unquote mainstream public is. Here, I'll quote a person. And I don't want to get into a political conversation, but I'll quote a person. Uh, President Joe Biden is who I'm going to quote here. This is coming from. He didn't. Uh, let's this. see. When, Come on. <laughs> on the 4th of July. No, he answered a question. Okay. On the 4th of July, quote, rules are rules. Everybody knows what the rules are going in. Whether they should remain that way, whether they that should remain the rule is a different issue. Rules are rules. And then he said his final sentence, and I was really proud of the way she responded. And I take that to mean he's talking about the Today Show interview. That viewpoint represents a much broader swath of the public than you or I, I think. You or I have way different viewpoints of this drug and about professional track and field and sports than most of the country we do we do and it i'm not saying they're right and we're wrong i'm just saying that that's the reality more people think like that than think like us we are just we've just built this little echo chamber up and we have all these track people watching 
some of us, some of whom disagree with us, but some of whom love Shakira Richardson or like want to see her run against Shelly and Frazier Price. So they, uh, they're more likely to say, well, this is, this is BS, but people watch that interview and they change their opinion over. I think. Okay. I will concede that there are people with that viewpoint. I just think that she doesn't need those people with that viewpoint on team Shakari for her to be a millionaire. And I agree with that. I'm not, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. She could, she could be, you could be famous for a bunch of different reasons, yeah. but I'm saying if there's a consistent, if they had a strategy here of how they want to deal with this, it would be inconsistent to that strategy to then take the endorsement and do the things that you're talking about. Again, not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's, it would be inconsistent. Wouldn't bother hey. me at all, but I'm saying it'd be inconsistent. It also would be fun they, though. It would be fun. And yeah. They want. got want some fun. But I'm, but they got. I'm saying they got goodwill on their side because of it. Um, listen, we've seen her sound off on everything on Twitter, correct? Yeah. This whole this whole season, and then with this, she's been pretty. I, mean, I haven't looked at every single tweet, but she's been pretty straightforward. I feel like something would have surfaced if she said, you know, this rule. Like if she criticized the rule, she criticized you. Saw. Look at what Christian Coleman said about the anti-doping authorities after his suspension contrast that to what Shakira Richardson said completely different, completely different approaches to it. Right. Uh, she's talking about the future. She's apologizing. She's saying she's going to be undefeated from 2022 to 2025, which is just a spectacular tweet. I think we need to have a whole episode soon ranking Shakira's tweets at some yes. point, but I like, I think a lot of people uh, are more on Shikari now than they would have been if she was resistant to it. Again, don't say it's don't say it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's that's the reality of it. One last thing I want to get into before Travis leaves, so you can put up this graphic, is Alex Wilson, the Switzerland sprinter, ran. In the middle of nowhere of Georgia, at the Georgia Games, a 980, what do you run? Nine, excuse me, on 986, 984, excuse me, 984, 100 meter, and then a 1989, 200 at like an all comers Georgia race. Now people are like, what's going on? If you look at the photo, it's kind of hilarious to see, um, the times first place 984 second place 1109 <laughs> i would love to see the visual of that uh just isn't crazy he's in the men 30 and over older like it's like in a masters type race and he's running a world-class time it's kind of hysterical that this is where he's running his time uh yeah. what do you take of this 984 that is good enough to win an olympic games obviously you gotta do it in, in the third round of of all the pressure but this is a huge breakout result and kind of out of nowhere. Extremely out of nowhere. <laughs> look at his previous results. Yeah, look at that. He's look at like the tweet. 10, 10, 5, but, 10, 5, but, 10, 6, 10, 4, 10, 3, 10, 3, 9, 84. What is going on? I don't think that this time is going to be ratified would be my guess. Put the, put the, put the tweet back up there because it, it summarizes his best times as well. Oh, we might have lost. Tra oh, no, Travis is still here. Uh, in any event. The tweet says it also, there was a crazy 200 meter time there as well, too. Um, I mean, he ran 10.08 last year, or sorry, in 2019. It's not like he's not a, a good sprinter and you have the plus 1.9 wind. But there's a section uh, on times where it's like, what does it say? On all athletics, faulty wind gauge, possibly wind assisted. Like times basically that were listed at like there was nothing visibly wrong with them other than they were just given all the available evidence it didn't make sense right it's like you know it'd be like you running a 48 second 400 right now no one would believe it they could look at your old page and they could be like well kind of was near that before but yeah i don't like go to the someone i saw someone mention this on twitter like has european athletics tweeted about this 
because this would be a a record. So it's, it's listed there, but like go to European Athletics' website. Like how are they how are they handling this news? Because if you're looking at 984, uh, that's well, that's ahead of Vico's record. I think I'm yeah that that would be a European record. Am I right? I'm looking yeah, at 984. I mean- it's just like a weird thing. Like if a man runs an all-time mark in the middle of the woods, did it actually happen? That's what we're finding out right now. Yeah, European Athletics hasn't tweeted, any, shown anything, but also they're dealing with their U20 champs. But I don't know, man. Um, I think you stop what you're doing <laughs> if someone runs 984. I think you say, hold on, let's push, push pause on the on But the it's, on, it's on the World Athletics page right now, right? It, he has the second fastest time in the world, according to World Athletics' results page. Like, I mean, we have to believe it, right? He did run 19. He did run a sub-20 in 2019 as well. So it's believable, kind of, right? I don't know. I'm Why would it not the, be I'm believable? Wa- I want it to be believable. Why not? Oh, either it's born in 1990. It's 30 years old. Either a time issue or a wind issue. I, I'm watching a video now that's shot from behind. So they like basically run past at 40 meters or 50 meters, and then you just see them from behind. It's It would be a European record. Yeah, be a European record. European so, record, baby. Alex Wilson. But I'm saying they would be, if they actually believed it, they would be promoting it is, my, is what I'm saying. So then – if they don't believe it, are they going to at least address it? Are they going to be like, we don't believe you? Are they going to tweet out? Nah, They're going to be like, we're lying? at the U20 championships. We didn't have any time. We're at the U20 championships. But Sorry. like, why aren't they believing it? Just because of the location? I think they're judging a book by its cover. They're like, oh, Georgia games, Marietta, Georgia. What's going on here? This is ain't real. No, they're looking. Pull up his season bests. Pull up every other time this season. That's what they're He was sandbagging. He was trying to. He was trying to. good point. Get get people not aware of his of his, who he was, and then show up at the last moment and be like, "Boom, I'm here." Well, he's not. It's not like he's an unknown guy. You know, he's like I said, he's run low tens. Think of a U.S. guy who's run low tens that you've heard of, and then all of a sudden they run nine eighty four. You'd be asking questions legitimately if that was the case. So is he qualified? Is he qualified for the Olympics? Uh, well, he's running the Masters meet in Marietta, Georgia. So uh, I hope so. Have we list? Have do we have a PDF of the like entries yet? Has that been finalized? Yeah, yeah. Let's that? go. So Alex Wilson. I'm going to see if he's. Oh yeah. So he's in the he's in the hundred. He's entered in the hundred. There we go. So I think uh, I don't know, man. I I want to believe it. Why not? I have no reason not to. I'm not going to not believe it just because second place ran 11 seconds and just because. No, that's not why. That's not why. But like people have. I mean, okay. So hear me out. Okay. So if, if Cole Hawker runs 329, will you believe that? Where does he do it? In Marietta, Georgia? Yeah, Marietta, Georgia. I would be more likely to believe it because small fractions of time and wind don't factor into distance. But like six, seven second PB, where's that? He's been running 335s all the time and now all of a sudden he's 329. We never saw that. So basically just Josette Norris, basically. Yeah, Josette Norris from 406, 359. We have no problem believing that. But why? So why can't we believe this? Kevin Selby was there. That's why. The guy whose name sounds almost like my name. Uh, Yeah, because it's small, small. You're dealing with instruments now at that point. Because you could go out there with, with, you know, in hand time hawker and you wouldn't get it exact, but you'd get it pretty close. I guess the only issue would be the size of the track. But if you ran it on a track that had produced uh, meets before, then you'd you'd believe it. I would think most people believe it. I I believe Josette Norris's time for the record. I don't know. If that's a controversial opinion, but I believe that she ran 359. Do you, want, do you want to know why I believe it? Guess what the name of the timing company that did the timing for this meet? Is it like Gordon Mack timing or something? They are called the Perfect Timing Group. 
You hear that? The perfect timing group. So in their okay. eyes, 984 was perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be like, trust the, trust the process timing or something like that. Do you want to give people the schedule for the rest of – oh, someone wants to know where do you find the PDF of the entries? Uh, so I wish I could add it. So if you just go to uh, worldathletics.com and click on uh, the – just go to worldathletics.com and the top there's like an orange banner or like row where it says Tokyo Olympic Games, news, previews, athletes, timetable, stats. Just click on athletes and then you can – it's like a very like it's not PDF, but like there's like a interactive like drop down like click men hundred and then you can see all the people who are entered in, in any event. So very wait, easy. Wait, wait. So, so it's under athletes? athletes. Yeah, click on athletes. Yeah, click on athletes, okay. and then there's drop downs, so you can see who's entered in every event. Oh, I see. Search for athlete. This is for the Olympics. The, yeah, this is for the Olympics. The key though is. These entries, which people always forget every year, every year, include alternates. Yeah. So when you see Craig Engels on the entry list, it does not mean he's going to the Olympics. It means he's the alternate for the Olympics. So the uh, everyone always like, "Who? How did he make the team? Oh, how did he make the team? What? What's going on?" Yeah. They didn't make the team. It's only top three. It's just you're seeing alternates on the list. You would say TF always enters their alternates, so they're on the, so they're eligible no matter what. And Central breaks his leg tomorrow. Craig Angles could go. It so. was wild. I was I was reading headlines last week, as late as last week. Novak Djokovic undecided of whether or not he wants to play in the Olympics. Don't we need to decide at a certain point? <laughs> like, when are these decisions going to be made? And you look at some of the basketball stuff that. Like those tournaments were deciding who was going as late as last week, I think. Like Canada got knocked out in that tournament fairly recently. It's just interesting because you think, man, Olympic trials, it's up against the the deadline. You got to get, get people entered. And there's all these athletes who are just thinking, man, maybe do I do an Olympics or no? Do I Olympic this year or no Olympic? I got to decide. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, and participating in the chat. Uh, I know someone said the moral of the story was all bad things about Gordon's views on school and drugs and stuff. So we'll do better on Wednesday. <laughs> Working off the rust here, folks. I'm excited, this is why man. You, you don't go from the trials to the Olympics without podcasting. You definitely can't do that. There's a minimum number of podcasts you can do yeah. between then and now. So getting the reps in. Remember, we're going to do live recap pods every single day of the Olympics. We're going to wake up early, so it's going to be great. Thanks to Travis for producing. Thanks to Colt for producing. I would say thanks to Gordon, but he damaged the youth today. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.